You know that feeling that you get when you feel like you should have listened to an album years ago? That's how I feel about James Blake's uh, debut album, James Blake. I was just sitting in my room one Wednesday looking through the catalog of these essential albums on Apple Music, and I came across James Blake's album, which came out 10 years ago. I was like, hmm, I see this album a whole lot, but I've never been interested in listening to it. So I gained that interest. I clicked on the album, played the first track, Unluck, and I immediately fell in love. It took me about less than 20 seconds to add that to my library. Then there was the Wilhelm scream. I don't know if that's how you say it, but there was the Wilhelm scream. And that track was magnificent on its own too. It was, it was. I was screaming in my head when I first heard that song. I was like, yeah, this is some good ass music. And it's different from the other electronic music that I listen to because it's electronic and moody. Me love moody, like Judy Moody. And then what really gravitated me towards this music was the track, I Never Learned to Share. That was, it sounded so intimate and raw. Yeah, that was unreal because I figured out that he has no siblings, but it's it's just, it resonates to your soul. And I I don't know... I don't know what to call this album. It's it's just the layers, the the singing, is everything, and it's different from any other electronic music I've listened to. James Blake, you've done it good. Fun fact, when I was thinking about that title sequence, I was thinking, I was trying to figure out which one I wanted to do. I wanted to either do it bootleg, make it, make the audio a little scratchy, or um, make it like a symphony, like the concept that I was usually doing for my um, music. So went with the latter, and now, we have a symphony. But honestly, I don't know if it's as good as I thought it could be. Like, maybe there's a little bit of tweaking here and there I need to do. But for now, we'll just see how it goes. My childhood starts at my grandmother's house. It was all six of us. My grandmother, my aunt, my mother, my two siblings, and then there's me the youngest in the family. Of course, I was the only boy in the household, and also I was the chubbiest out the womb. But then I slimmed down to like a celery stick, and I'm still a celery stick to this day. And now I'm just reminiscing. I'm reminiscing on the past, the, the good old times, where I would just make these skits with my family and uh, be mischievous. Because I was a very curious person when I was younger. Used to do things that I know I shouldn't be doing, but 
hey, I'm like, uh, you only live once. So I lived once after that and I paid the price. But other than that, I was pretty much treated very spoiled. Like I was an angel of the family almost. And I rarely got, ever got into trouble. It was mainly my sisters that would put themselves in crazy situations. I don't even know how it stemmed. But there was this one memory that is always my favorite. So this is the story time. It was somewhere around 2007 or 2008. I really can't remember the year because I didn't document any type of shit. But it was me, my sister, and my cousin. And we were all playing military or some type of soldier game. My sister had this broomstick in her hand, and she was acting like it was the soldier's gun, holding it on her left shoulder and walking back and forth in the den area. And so at one odd moment, she accidentally hit my cousin with the broomstick, and he started crying. We tried telling him, shut the hell up, shut the hell up. I mean, we didn't say it like that, but we wanted to tell him shut the hell up. I mean, before grandmother came. So grandmother showed up. She was like, what is going on around here? And being the good old big sister that she is, she told the truth. Kind of in the fashion of George Washington saying that he cannot tell a lie or that he chopped down some type of cherry tree. Was that George Washington? I'm not. I, I can't remember. I have to research it later. But yeah, she told the truth. She told him. She told grandmother that she hit Wesley upside the head, went on bonk, went bonk upside the head. And yeah, the story felt like it was going to be peachy. Wrong. It wasn't peachy. My grandmother told my big sister to kneel down on the couch and get ready for disaster. So she knelt down. And my sister had this odd tone in her voice. Like she was. It was not excited, but it was just like. um, Naive in a sense. Like, she knew what was going to happen, but she said it so lightheartedly and not sad like any other individual would be. She said it like, like this, Grandma? It was kind of in a, I don't know what expression to the, to call it, but it it wasn't sad. And so she knelt down, said, like this, Grandma? And... My my sister's back got 40 lashes. And not the lashes like Patrick's. The 40 lashes of hell. My cousin was just standing there watching her writhed in agony as she got the lashes. And you know what I did? I just hid under the table to keep from laughing. That's what I do best. I try to hide 
myself from busting out laughing because I did not want that to. Um, I don't want to be entangled in that little tussle. I know I'm wrong for laughing, but it was so damn funny. <laughs> that was one of my favorite memories right there. There's more to it, but I got a whole childhood to talk about. So let's start from the good old days. So whenever I think about the past, I always think about good music, you know, good music from artists from the 70s, 80s, 90s and thousands. And I grew up on a lot of thousands music due to my mother and my aunt and MTV. The good music that I listened to most was in my mother's, um, well, she had a sedan at the time. So I listened to the music in my mother's sedan. And she had a plethora of albums in her catalog. She had Outkast. She had Luther Vandross, Erica Badu, Raheem Devon, um, Brick. And it, it was just... It was really heavenly. I I enjoyed every last one of those albums, going on field trips and going to school each day. When she had that Jill Scott album, fun fact, it was a bootleg Jill Scott album. I used to tell her to repeat Golden all day. Well, until I went to school. And it was just, it was a beautiful song. When it came to certain songs on the radio, I used to always ask my mom, what's this song? What's this song? When I was in Atlanta, I was listening to this song by Ashanti. It was called All Baby, Ooh Baby. And it took me about over a decade to find out the name of that song. It was a song that touched my soul at that time. That was about maybe 2004. And I still remember that day, that drive. I used to listen to that Outkast album, Speaker Box slash Love Below, all the time with mom. I used to love Speaker Box more than the Love Below, but I, right now I love them equally because I see that the duology of those albums are genuinely cohesive. I mean, you had a hardcore side, and then you had a lovey-dovey balladry type side. And those albums, coupled with the songs that used to come onto the radio and MTV. Well, you know what? Now that I'm talking about MTV, let me get into MTV. So every time I used to get up, get up for school in the morning, I would watch MTV or VH1 with my siblings secretly because we were forbidden to watch that type of content. They censored the lyrics and stuff, but still it was a bit too provocative for us. I mean, it was 2006 and 2007. And I, I know I knew I shouldn't have been watching those videos. Like Akon came on in the morning with that song, Don't Matter. Um, Nelly Furtado, I still remember her music video for Do It. 
and I almost got in trouble for watching that too. Or I just got disciplined not to watch it. And then 50 Cent, 50 Cent, um, his 2007 song from his album, Curtis, I think it's called I Get Money, used to play onto the onto MTV. And I kind of ran my mouth a little bit because when that song came on the radio one day coming home from school, no, I was saying to my aunt, oh, I love this song right here. And she asked me, oh, who was it by? And then I said, 50 Cent. And then she asked me, how did I know about this song? Then I just said, we used to watch the music videos on MTV. And that, yeah, we were forbidden to watch that after that. I have a habit of running my mouth at the wrong intervals. Sorry. But back to the subject of how I got more into singing. So, yeah, those were those types of things were the basis of me getting my singing abilities because I used to half study the little vocals that everybody had, every singer. I'm one of the only family members who can actually sing. My mother used to sing a lot. And she's a soprano. But singing is what gets me into trouble at school. I used to get yellow cards all the time for singing. And also goofing off because I'm a goofball. But mostly singing. I used to sing to these classmates every single time. Like I used to sing New Edition. And I, I didn't know the lyrics to one of the songs. It was, it was a song called Sensitivity which I figured out last year. And I used to be like, and I got in trouble for making these weird noises in class. So, so my mother, my mom kind of noticed that I used to sing a lot of her in the household. And she, she'd be like, if you're going to keep singing, you might as well be in a choir. Eventually, she put me in one and I I got to tell you more about that and you know at another time but that's kind of my that was like my singing phase for the most part continued all the way to middle school too that's crazy but hey we're gonna get more into elementary because this is my awakening moment so elementary school Elementary is what also allowed me to be more creative with writing. I I didn't know too much of the style of writing that I wanted to do, but once I wrote once I wrote something down, I just knew every type of world building plot that I wanted to incorporate into the writings. Before I started writing, an incident happened. An incident that does involve a yellow card. Here I am in class passing notes to one of my friends. It was like little pass we were passing insults to each other. Um it was it was really innocent. It was really innocent notes that we passed to each other. It was um in the context of something like maybe doo-doo head or 
thundercloud or that's not really an insult, but you know, I'm just improvising what we could have said. And so after a few note passes, I came up with the ultimate note, the one that toppled it all over. I sent him a note and I called him a stupid smoked sausage on a grill. And yes, I felt satisfied at first and I thought that he'd love it. But no, the ironic thing happened. He sent the note to my teacher. She read it. And yeah, I got a yellow card. I had to go to the board, change my green to yellow and sit back down feeling kind of confused because I thought we were passing innocent notes. That's still innocent. It's not in a real insult to whatever his name was. It was nothing personal. I was just making something creative. And I hope that you forgive me, (laughs) even though you gave me a yellow card. I was writing home that day with a report in my hand and a note that said that I passed a note calling someone a stupid smoked sausage on the grill. And I was thinking that my whole family was going to be mad at me, but no, they weren't. They laughed straight in my face, my sad, pouty face. And I, I was so pissed. I was pissed because they were thinking that it was a joke that I got a yellow card. I was trying to get green all that week. And no, it was ruined by some crazy insult. An insult that was meant to be a joke. And so I instantly forgot about that whole incident. And, you know, just looking back at it, I always laugh at it because it was it was crazy. It was... <laughs> It was a crazy moment for little old me. That was back in 2007. But the thing about that moment is that I credit that to helping me become the writer that I am. That use of alliteration, it can't be beat. You have to be really passionate about creativity to think of something that improvisational at the age of eight. At eight, I was also writing my first short story. It was called something. I still can't remember the name. It I just call it Untitled Story for now. And I wrote about this in a blog um, about a few years ago. This is what I wrote down in the blog. This story was first conceived in 2007 while I was in third grade. I had my black tablet with blank pieces of paper, and I started writing. I didn't know what I was writing, but I did it, and it turned out to be a favorable story around my classmates. They loved every bit of it. As of now, the story is lost, and I can't remember all of the elements that I wrote down, but I remembered the plot enough to create my own essay and analysis. A part of me hated that book. And you know why? Because it was basically Little Red Riding Hood with animals front and center. When you had this cat, you had you no know, you had two cats. You have a wolf and you have a cat fighting a wolf. And it's just like Hoodwink to me. Hoodwink, that movie, I think that came out two thousand five or two thousand six. But I remember it clearly. That grandma was whipping that wolf's ass. 
and the other people. I mean, she was a badass grandma. That's just like my grandma. Badass. Badass with some cookies. But I'm glad that the class loved it. I mean, that, that was my first foray into writing. So it was refreshing just seeing their faces when they read the little ugly short story. Yep, that was that was a moment. There was another moment in that year, 2007. Oh, yeah, I used to collect cars, too. I have a multitude of cars in this gray bag in my closet that I haven't used for over three or four years. I was thinking about taking it to Goodwill or Salvation Army, but now that I think about it, they are just way too valuable. They're way too good to, to give away. I cherish all of my things. I'm as sentimental as my mother with her mounds of archives and books. And I can't complain. I have a whole shelf of books myself that I still need to organize. But yeah, I have had these cars for about 13 years, probably 15 years now because I got my first vehicle a silver 1960s Ford Mustang back in 2006. That was my first car, and my mom got it for me as a present from when she was working at Cracker Barrel. And I was so elated that day. That was before I woke up to, to go to school. I was kind of devastated because I had to go to school, and I couldn't play with the car. But after that, after I got home, I was I was gung-ho on getting that vehicle and driving it around the carpet. And after that, I just got infatuated with different types of cars. There were muscle cars, luxury vehicles, um, supercars, exotic cars, any type of car that looked, that caught my eye. It was just magical to bewild them. And so every time my mom used to go to Walgreens, I would look at the toy section and find a model car from the Maisto company and gleefully ask her, Mom, can I have this car? Can I have this car? And she was like, well, sure, sure. Yeah. I mean, she she used to comply a lot with me getting cars because she knows that I loved cars. It was just a passion. I used to collect car magazines too. And there were there were um, magazines like Car and Driver, um, DuPont Registry, which I think is discontinued now because I don't see it on the market. And uh, Motor Trend. And then I used to get these car books from Barnes & Noble or Books A Million that had either a collection of classic cars or a collection of modern cars. The first modern car book I have, I've had was this 2006 luxury vehicle book. It had different uh, cars from uh, companies like Ferrari, Bentley, Aston Martin, Maserati, um, Mercedes-Benz, other distributor called Brabus. 
or bravest something. And then they had these concept cars. I remember when the Lamborghini Gallardo had a concept and it was just, oh, that brought so many memories back. I'm going to have to look at that book again. That book, I think, is not with me at the moment. It overdosed on water back in 2019. So I had to uh, give it a funeral. But yeah, those were the times. The last car that I got, I believe, was a Lamborghini Aventador. Either that or the 2015 Dodge Viper. Both of those cars were the bomb. They are still the bomb. And they will forever be the bomb. Oh, by the way, I didn't tell you about this memory that I had. So, I don't know if I addressed that I used to play the violin in school. This was after I transitioned from that whole recorder phase, which I am glad I did. The recorder is shit. Whoever invented the recorder has lost their mind and will be banned from my history. Whenever I hear a recorder, I just, I have this PTSD of me playing the recorder and playing all the notes wrong. And I always thought they was broken, but me not knowing the recorder is worse than me listening to somebody else playing the recorder. Ooh, there goes that memory. But yeah, I used to play the violin in my music class and we used to train in this little portable at my school so that I could just um, train. And there was this one time we had a, we were training for this recital and it was a recital that we had at um, this high school. And I don't know if I was in the wrong violin group because I, di I didn't know the music that we were playing. I might've gotten on stage just being there, being in the moment. And um, what happened was I was sitting in the back and I was trying to play the violin with the group, but I didn't know the keys. And on top of that, in the crowd, I could not see my mom. So I was, I was kind of, I froze up. I froze up really bad. Somebody asked me, what was wrong? What was wrong? And I was like, I can't see my mom. Then I just bursted out crying. Oh my gosh. He he tried to calm me down, but I was like, oh, this is so embarrassing. People gonna see, people gonna remember this. The crying violin guy sitting in the back. Oh, it was horrible. But after the recital, everything got better because I finally found my mom, ran into her like Lightning McQueen. I almost knocked her over. And I was like, ooh, I'm so glad you came, mom. I'm so glad you came. Can I have a car? That's what I said. I, I wanted a car after that because I, I went through so much trauma to go on stage and try and play an instrument. So after my savvy performance, I finally got that car. But since I didn't do a good job, she told me 
that I'd have to get a had to opt for a smaller car. I was like, I was kind of sore, but then again, I was happy to get a car anyway. So we in, ended up going to Walgreens that night, and I got myself a smaller model that I was used to, and it was a red Mazda RX seven. It was a still it was still a cool car, but I don't remember um playing with it as much as much as the regular sized vehicles that I had. But yeah, that was a that was a whole car collection memory that I have. And you know, collecting cars, it kind of transitioned into my art style. When I was in the open doors program in my school, I used to draw these cool cars on and some notepads. And my teacher used to take notice saying that, wow, Khalil, this is really detailed. And I was like, really? I'm, I'm just drawing a car to the side with wheels, rims, and a spoiler. But I guess it was because I paid attention to so much detail. I implemented that in my drawings. I mean, I don't see what she saw in those wheels because the wheels, they were like, they weren't circles. They were ovals. They looked like they could be on the Flintstones or something. But the creativity and thought that I put into them, and that transitioned into me writing those little children's books that I um, wrote back then, and more on that later, because I'm going to make that into a separate section. So that was the whole car ordeal. Now let's get into the next part. Thank you all for listening to these tapes. I'm glad that you enjoyed them, or I hope that you enjoyed them. And also I wanted to give a big shout out to the people who listened to the teaser from the United States to Germany to um, United Kingdom. I appreciate all the audiences and I just would love to just relate to you as much as possible. So there will be more parts to this story. Um, there will be a part two and a part three. And I'll be discussing the middle school years and my high school years and then college to now or part three. So there'll be, yeah, there'll be a bit of a doozy. Check in, tune in, and listen to these tapes.